Hi everyone, I'm in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of Washington. I'll let you know why after the theme song. So, the real question is this. What does it take to make the gospel come to life? If you are struggling with what you believe, or if you do believe, but you want to feel the truth on a deeper level, or even if you are experienced in your faith and you want to deepen your relationship with Christ even further, what steps can all of us take to not just bring the gospel to life, but to cause the gospel to bring life into us? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Robbins, and welcome to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Okay, so as I said, we're in the middle of nowhere at the outskirts of Washington. Well, we just made it out because Mary's a seasoned veteran. She doesn't like to take the highway. She likes to take the back roads and lead me through magical places. So anyway, we're getting the scenic tour. And uh, the reason we're out here, it's kind of interesting. It's actually super sad. Right now, um, we should actually be on a cruise boat in the middle of the ocean on the way to Cozumel, Mexico. That was our original spring break plans. And then the cursed virus came and shattered everyone's dreams, including ours. And since we cannot do that, we are taking a little trip, but do not fear. We have only touched things with Clorox wipes, always kept six feet distance, and will not meet anyone with more than 10 groups of people. So we are obeying all the rules, so don't stress. Um, uh, so for today, because I am traveling, we're in the middle of the road and there's probably a lot of noise in the background so I hope this works and if not then I will redo it later. But I want to stay true to my challenge so here we go. Um, so conference was yesterday as you all know and it was absolutely awesome but there was one concept that came up that I was sure for a lot of people, um, well I just, something came up that I thought would be relevant for a lot of people and it is this. Um, how many of you remember six months ago when President Nelson said this would be a conference to remember? And so you were coming to this conference expecting amazing things such as the second coming and all this amazing stuff. And I got to thinking at the end of the second session yesterday, as I looked back on all the talks, I thought to myself, you know, as far as conferences go, based on President Nelson's statement of this will be a conference to remember, and he said he wasn't talking about coronavirus when he said that six months ago, there are probably some people wondering why this was a conference to remember. Because yes, there were some temples announced, and yes, there was a new proclamation, yes, there's a new church logo. Um, I just know there's going to be some people out there expecting a little bit more and listening to some of the talks probably noticed how basic some of them were and I just wanted to address this because um, there can be some confusion I think as to at least my opinion and my take on what President Nelson meant and what maybe the general population thought that he meant so I just want to throw this at you um, so here's a thought um, as you went through the talks, you probably noticed how many of them were about Joe Smith and the Restoration. And there were even, there were quite a few that were almost like they just retold the entire history of the, of the Restoration. And really didn't add much onto it besides that. And so there were so many talks that were so simple and so basic and so fundamental. And I don't know about you, but there are a few times where my attention started to... I started to lose it a little bit, and um, some of you probably were thinking to yourselves, man, if this was supposed to be a conference to remember, why are they just telling us all this same stuff all over again? Well, I had an experience a few years ago 
that uh, illustrated this to me perfectly, why the apostles do that, and how they're able to talk about these things over and over and over again without getting bored of them. And I realized why I think President Nelson said this was going to be a conference to remember, so uh, this experience kind of went like this. Several years ago, when President Monson was still the prophet, um, President Uchtdorf as the second counselor gave a talk called The Gift of Grace. And in my opinion, I believe this was his most powerful talk I've ever seen him give of all time, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, but the reason is, is that he, um, I don't know if you remember, but President Monson was kind of feeling sick at the time. And usually it's the prophet who speaks at the end of the Sunday morning session. But for a time, they allowed President Eyring and President Uchtdorf to do that when President Monson wasn't feeling super well. So they, they were kind of the, I know conference doesn't have keynote speakers, but like they had the big spot, right? And so President Uchtdorf was giving this talk on the gift of grace, and he told a story that made me realize um, what allows the prophets and the apostles to speak about the fundamentals with such passion, even though for the rest of us, we're like, okay, we kind of know that stuff, move on. So he told a story, well, the talk was about the gift of grace and how um, obedience is not what purchases salvation, but that was Jesus Christ, and how so many of us often think that it's our obedience that gets us closer to salvation, but it's not. He took us all the way there, and again, our actions only take us closer to him, not to salvation, but as we come closer to him, which we already, we already have salvation, but as we come closer to him, then exaltation comes closer because we are becoming more like him through our actions, right? And so he was giving this um, this talk, and he told a story, and um, it's about Simon the Pharisee and the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with oil and cleaned and washed his washed his feet with with her hair, and. Uh, his application of the story was quite interesting and it led me to this epiphany about why the prophets and apostles loved the fundamentals so much. And um, so he tells the story of how the woman comes in, washes his feet, Simon the Pharisee freaks out, and then Jesus tells the parable of two men. One owed somebody 50, or, or there was a creditor and there were two people that owed him money. The first one owed him 50 and the second one owed him 500 and the creditor forgives them both and Jesus asks Simon which one will love the creditor most and not if Simon answers obviously the one who was forgiven the most and President Uchtdorf goes on to explain how Jesus teaches Simon that because um, the woman who was caught in adultery was forgiven the most she was going to love Jesus the most whereas Simon did not see himself in need of much forgiveness and so he was not going to love Jesus that much. And then President Nukdorf takes it to the application for us, and I'm going to quote it as best as I can from memory, um, just because I don't have anything here with me to read it to you. But basically, President Nukdorf then goes and he says, which of these two are we most like? Are we like Simon? Are we confident and comfortable in our deeds? Um, do we... Uh, he says something like that, but then he says, do we yawn through gospel doctrine class or check our cell phones during sacrament service? Or are we like this woman who thought she was completely and hopelessly lost because of sin? Do we love much? Do we understand our indebtedness to our Heavenly Father? 
when we kneel to pray, is it to replay the greatest hits of our own righteousness or to confess our faults, plead for God's mercy, and shed tears of gratitude for the amazing plan of redemption? Salvation cannot be bought by the, with the currency of obedience. It is purchased with the blood of the Son of God. And so I was sitting there listening to him say that, and he, like tears were coming to his eyes in this emotion about the most basic fundamental doctrine of our church. And I got to thinking to myself, like, why is this moving him so much? Like, like, how can he possibly, when he speaks and thinks about this all the time, how can this be such a powerful thing to him? And as I got to thinking, I, I kind of laughed at a thought that crossed my mind. And looking back, I realize it's from the Spirit now. But the thought that crossed my mind was, maybe he thinks he needs it. Which is kind of funny, right? Because this is President Nukdorf of all people. Like, he's going to be the most righteous, the people who kind of needs uh, this stuff the least. And then the whole point of his entire talk finally <laughs> dawned on me, like, what it was saying, like, oh my gosh, it's not just that President Uchtdorf does need it, or it's not that he just thinks he needs it, but the fact of the matter is, is that he actually does need it, and he realizes it, whereas there are so many of us who need it, and we don't realize that we need it. Okay, and here's what I mean, and I said this truth at the start, but this is what it all comes down to. People still think that when they are more righteous, that when they're more obedient, that they need the atonement less. And that's what causes people to lose the passion for the fundamentals of the gospel. When you think you've gone through it so many times and you're living by it, there's this tendency to think, oh, I'm... I'm doing, I'm doing well, so I'm in, le in need of the atonement less. But as we just learned, and I am so guilty of this, but like, again, our actions have no impact on our salvation. Okay, that was a gift given to us from the start. All our actions do is determine how much our relationship with him grows, which will eventually determine how much we change. And so I had this realization that has changed my life forever as far as how I see the primary answers and the fundamentals. The prophet and the apostles speak with such passion and love for the fundamentals because they realize that they need it just as much as anyone else does. But it's ironic because so many of us who uh, don't think we need it, need it just as much as they do. So, if you can realize that, you will realize why conference was a conference never to forget for President Nelson, because he believes and he knows he needs the restoration just as much as any average member of the church. And you'll notice that with the apostles, like President Nyring and multiple other 70s, I noticed, but President Nyring in particular, every time the prophet gives an invitation, he always says, I went and took that invitation, and he always talks about how he could have been tempted not to do it because he thought it was for someone else, but he always takes the challenge and he realizes that he needs it just as much as anyone else. So um, that's, uh, that's how you keep the primary answers fresh. That's how you keep the fundamentals. So kind of want to walk out of here, uh, leaving each of us with a question. My question is not if you need the fundamentals and the primary answers, because all of us do. I do just as much as anyone else does. But my question is if you think you do or not. Because we do. 
right. None of our actions, no matter how much we've obeyed or how close we've come to Christ, it doesn't matter. We all need his atonement just as much as the next person. So if you are under the opinion you don't because of how you are living your life, then you may be falling into the trap of thinking that your actions take you closer to salvation. But remember, that was a gift. All that determines is how tight your relationship with the Savior is. So... Let me know what you think about that. Um, Share this if this was helpful. Share this with anyone that you know or comment on the Facebook page if this was helpful. And as always, if you have any feedback, just uh, let me know on the Facebook page or send me an email at support at bringingthegospeltolife.com. Hope you guys are having a great Monday and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.